Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's a podcast. Exactly. Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour Podcast. I am your host, Ricky Valera. On today's episode, we are going to kick off our series of talking about um, divisions. I'm very excited about this because each week we're going to tackle a division, Matthew Fox and I, and we're going to look at the division. On each team, we're going to give you a fantasy football player that we are looking to own, and then we're also giving you a fantasy football player that we are avoiding from each team, and then Fox and I are going to discuss our um, predictions for the division, basically giving you who's going to first, second, third, fourth, in those divisions i'm very very excited to dive into these and the and the, and what makes me even more excited is because we're diving into this means we are inching closer and closer to the nfl season big news of the week obviously baker mayfield is a as a carolina panther we'll talk about that in a few minutes but as always i'm joined by mr fox how are you buddy doing pretty good you know uh made it through fourth of july covid free living life i feel you man it's the battle, the struggle is real. Um, so for I, obviously we need to touch on the obvious, which is Baker in Carolina. Um, it's crazy because, and this is just for future reference, and I'll probably rerun these uh, this aggregate again prior to our next sit down and conversation for other divisions. But I like I bumped Carolina. I think maybe two or three wins because of this, but it doesn't make them their outlook any really much stronger from a fantasy perspective. What are you looking at for Baker Mayfield uh, Fox looking forward? Yeah. And I, I, uh, I published a little piece on the trade uh, Thursday morning. So um, you can go back and look at that. Uh, There were three potential landing spots that seemed to be rumored uh, for the trade for Baker Um, Carolina, the Seattle Seahawks and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were kind of a player. Carolina would have been my third choice of those three. I still think it's a franchise that's in flux. I don't think it helps Baker's dynasty value. Both he and Darnold are on a fifth-year option contract. There's nothing tying them to the team after this year. And I honestly think they probably miss the playoffs again, no matter who the quarterback is, which means Matt Rule is probably gone. You're going to wipe the slate clean. I don't think Baker's in Carolina in 2023. So... His future, long-term future is really unset. If you're looking at redraft, he's a fringe low-end RB2 for me, or QB2 for me. I actually have him at QB25 when I redid my redraft rankings last night post-trade. I don't love the spot more. Um, DJ Moore, I vaulted him a couple of spots. He was already going to be a high-end wide receiver to low-end wide receiver one. And I think the 11 to 15 range is right for him i currently have him at 14 i don't think it impacts mccaffrey as long as mccaffrey's healthy i think he's a top five running back and it didn't move the needle for me on their other weapons you have robbie anderson terrace marshall richard higgins and ian thomas in there those guys will probably all have games that they do okay 
but I don't think any of them is going to be a reliable start. So it didn't move the needle for me a lot. The biggest thing it probably did is I dropped all the Seattle players because him not going to Seattle, if we're really looking at Geno Smith, true lock, those people that think DDK Metcalf is a wide receiver one, no matter what, I just don't see it. I think that drops him to the low end wide receiver too. I I don't even have Lockett sitting in my top 50 right now. No offense. I have low end tight end too. I don't think the passing offense is going to be great there. Yeah, it definitely put a lot of different things in perspective when it comes to how the dominoes fall for some of these other teams. And and like I said, running my aggregate. And what we're talking about is is Fox and I, we run this, it's an NFL predictor. Um, and basically that's where we're going to transition into now is, like I said, we're going to talk about the NFC West this week. And we're going to go through each team, tell you the guy we're looking to have on our rosters. And then, of course, we're looking at the ones that we're trying to avoid um, this year for each team. I, I really struggled with, we're going to, we'll kick it off with the Seattle Seahawks about who I really particularly wanted to have a piece of on this team. I went Noah Fant only based on it's possible that he's that security blanket. You know what I mean? I feel like if anybody in that receiving car, I do agree with you. I don't think that he's going to be a viable starter each week. I do think that he's somebody that could provide some value. And I literally made a note. Someone is going to have to catch the ball whenever, you know, um, I mean, of course he already has the chemistry there with Drew Locke as well. If Drew Locke's the starter, I mean, who knows? I mean, Matthew Fox might be the starter by week four. So I really, I really struggled here, but I went Noah Fant and where did you land Fox? Yeah, no offense ADP right now is tight end 16. I think that's probably even too high. I dropped him down to tight end 24, I believe, in my rankings. Wide receiver, there, those guys are all fine. I don't love the value. Um, I guess the one that I'm going to go with is Ken Walker, three. Uh, I think they are going to run the ball a lot. I think we saw even last year in Denver and in Seattle when they struggled in the passing game, the running game was still reliable. I don't think Chris Carson ever plays again. I think we're tracking toward that announcement. Rashad Penny did decently last year, but he's on a one-year contract. Walker, they moved up to take in the second round. He's currently going as running back 35. I think there's a chance he outproduces that. Uh, if not, I think at least you end up getting that value for the year. He's a good piece in dynasty drafts. I still like taking him as one of the first round options. Yeah, I I went back in and rookie drafts, not not startups. <laughs> it, yeah, and and that's the thing we in, in trying to figure this out and trying to dive into some of the guys. I was looking at some of the where they were ranked, and I still feel I still feel confident in Fant finishing in the top. 15 to 20. I don't know what it is. I'm bullish. I know I'm crazy probably saying that, but right now I kind of like the idea of where he's going to possibly end up. With I Russell have... Wilson in that scheme last year, the tight end for the Seahawks was tight end 22. I, I also know Smith. I, I, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing you. I just feel like the tight end has a better chance of being a security blanket versus maybe some of these other guys. And that's, and that's why mentioning I think we might have the same player to avoid here maybe not I don't know I went DK Metcalf um I mean you're looking at a guy that's like you said being ranked as a wide receiver one I mean most places I think I've seen him at 19 in that you know in that 18 to 22 range type of thing 
but for me personally there's no way I'm 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 stepping foot anywhere near DK Metcalf. I mean, if you look at some of his stats from last year, his game log last year was not that impressive when it came to a lot of majority of the games. There was some weeks that he went off and then some weeks he had four for 13. You know what I mean? Like there's going to be a lot more four for 13s than there's going to be um, him getting 12 or I'm sorry, six for or I'm sorry more than him getting, you know, six for 107 or he's going to have double digit touchdowns in some weeks. I mean, there was a spell last year from like week 10 to week 14 where he had one double digit fantasy point, uh, double digit fantasy points in a game. Um, And even in that game, he had 11. So he struggled even with a quarterback that was capable of throwing the football. And like we've talked about already, this team is doesn't have anything to really I mean, Drew Locke and, and Geno Smith, I mean, we're not we're not talking about any gunslingers here, but that to me is just an insanely high, um, the ADP at 44 overall is really insane for me, and I just don't see it um, unless they make some sort of drastic move at the quarterback position, which I'm not sure there's one to be made anymore. So, Fox, where do you, where do you, where's your, who's your avoid for the uh, Seahawks this week? Yeah, I don't, I don't love his, his ADP and the whole situation either. Drew Locke was quarterback 42 last year. Geno Smith was quarterback 41. Um, those guys split time, but that kind of gives you where they're at. The one that's the avoid for me uh, is the other receiver, um, Lockett. Wide receiver 34 is where he's going ADP overall, uh, 86. Here are the names of wide receivers that are going after him in drafts right now. DeAndre Hopkins, Devonna Smith. Juju Smith-Schuster, Rashad Bateman, Robert Woods, Drake London, Brandon Ayuk, Traylon Burks, Christian Kirk. That's just the next uh, 10 behind him. I would probably take all of those guys over him just because... You know, Fant, you added now a Noah fan who's somebody that's going to run the ball. They re-signed Will Disley. You already know they want to run. You are not expecting a great high-volume passing offense, and DK Metcalf's a better receiver. There isn't enough volume, I don't think, in this pass offense as as they're currently looking. You know, we're thinking about last year, Metcalf was 14, Lockett was 16. I, I like Tyler Lockett as a player. I would love if he would have gone to a different team. They were rumored to be trading one of them. They didn't trade any of them. Now they have, If even if Baker would have come to Seattle, I would feel better about Lockett, Metcalf, and Fan. Um, but right now, I, I'm just not feeling it. I'm still not sold that even if they end up acquiring Jimmy G, that that's a great boost uh, to everybody because we saw last year Jimmy G managed to keep Debo Samuel pretty active. He did okay with uh, Kittle, but Brandon Ayuk's fantasy value wasn't incredibly high i don't know that jimmy g keeps three people fantasy relevant either it's hard to imagine with their current setup and their current options at quarterback that they keep three players fantasy viable yeah i like 100 percent agree there's it's 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 not just you know we're not just looking at tough i lock it I, they would be doing very much uh, a good thing, not just for Lockett fans and owners across the board and fantasy by dealing him. Um, I would just, I mean, honestly, let's, let's just send Lockett to green Bay, like green Bay for a third. Uh, like let's make it happen. Like, you know what I mean? I think, and then Lockett, you know, rocket, you know, rockets to through the moon. 
But with that being said, I'm not I'm not particularly you know sold on on Lockett or Metcalf in this offense. And then transitioning to a team that I like a lot and and running the aggregate. And I'll talk about this a little bit later. Um, I have, in my opinion, I think Fox agrees the best team in football coming into the season. That's the Los Angeles uh, Rams. Um, for me, the player to own. There's a there. You could go for several different routes, but I went with Allen Robinson. I think that that we're going to see a year where Allen Robinson finally becomes the receiver that you know he. It's not to say he's been bad. I mean, it's not. I mean, he's done with what he's got. But these last few years have been disappointing, just for the simple fact of who he's been playing with at the quarterback position. But he's playing by far with the best quarterback he's ever had. And Stafford, if you look late down the season. You had Odell Beckham Jr., who had about a 19% target share, was averaging about 12 points per game from week 12 on to the rest of the season. We had a very high-end wide receiver two there, fantasy right in wide receiver, middle-of-the-road wide receiver two there. I think that he's going to be better suited, and I think he's going to be a little bit better in this offense. I think teams are going to try to highlight a little bit more on Cup again, and that's going to open the door for Robinson and even at his value, I think, I mean, he's in that, you know, overall the ADP from everybody, but I, I just, I feel like he's going to be a high end wide receiver too this year, maybe borderline one, depending on kind of how the cookie crumbles, but I'm excited to see what Allen Robinson has in store for us in 2022. What about you? Who's the guy you want for this team? Robinson was my, uh, my pick for there too. I mean, he's currently going as wide receiver 32. I think he finishes, uh, mid mid to high end wide receiver too yep. uh, alongside Cooper Cup. I think he's the value. It's not to say I think Cup's going to be fantastic. I think Stafford's going to be fantastic. Their ADPs are right in line with their value. There is no screaming deal to have Robinson's the one that I think you're going to get a good deal on. Hey, could you imagine taking DK Metcalf over Allen Robinson? Like I just couldn't do it. <clears throat> no. Maybe in Dynasty, but that's with the well, hope yeah. that Seattle figures out the quarter. Well, but <laughs> that's if I think that's here. <laughs> I think that's even a risk because you don't know his long term. You don't know that sometimes when these teams fall into quarterback purgatory, it lasts longer than anyone imagined. Exactly. Um, I think my my avoid from that team, is, I'm going to go to the running back is Cam Akers because the hype on cam Akers is super high um i think it is amazing he came back at the end of last season was able to compete in the playoffs but by the same token the guy averaged 2.6 yards per carry um you know he had 17 and 24 carries his first couple of games but he barely cracked 50 yards it it was amazing that he was back on the field, but he wasn't putting up these heroic numbers. And I still think Daryl Henderson ends up being a part of this. Cam Akers, if you were telling me he's going to be a low-end RB2, um, you know, maybe I'm buying into that more. But there's people that think he's on track to be an RB1. I think that's a misread of how the Rams are constructing their offense and of his readiness to take that role. Yeah, the big thing for them as well is they use that short passing game as a run game too. Like they're one of those teams, the, the Patriots were kind of coined for that for a lot of years with Brady, with Edelman. You have those short routes. And I think that opens the door a little bit for guys like Robinson and, and Cup. You can run, you can, I mean, I know they're not typical run plays, but those are run plays when you, when you look at the big scheme of things. Obviously they don't count as fantasy points like that, but that's with the way they move the chain. And, and you're right. Like he was, 
he wasn't good. Like he wasn't that great down there. Like he didn't show me anything that made me want to say, I'm going to, I need to have this guy on my roster and where he's being drafted is absolutely absurd. Absolutely absurd. And if you look at it on paper, they have uh, the running backs for the Rams have like the 27th hardest schedule in all of football. And, and that's not great for him either, but you're right. Henderson's going to play a factor. I don't know if he's going to, there's no way he finishes in in the range of which he's being drafted right now i just i don't foresee it happening um switching over to the san francisco 49ers i i teeter talk teetered back and forth here because i i'm not sure this team is 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 so there's so many question marks and it's surrounding that quarterback position you still have a quarterback that's unproven, okay? Uh, you know, a guy that's not known. But, see, the thing about it is, I know this is going to, like, this is so weird for me to say, because where he's being drafted, you're talking about a guy that's being drafted as a fringe QB1 in Trey Lance. Fringe QB1 in a lot of different places. I mean, his, like, consensus over at Fantasy Pros is, like, 13, 14 range, right? So that's... that's yeah, that's, he's currently sitting at QB15. Yeah, so you're talking about a guy that that's on that fringe spot there, almost on that that keep you going. I heard sick of being upsold at gyms. My guy, you're currently a base member. For ninety dollars more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For hundred and thirty more, you'll be a swole member, and for just three hundred dollars more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May tenth. See Home Club for details. Personally, think that he could finish around that 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 twelve to fourteen range. Now, again, I'm not hugely confident. If I had to pick a player on this team, I would pick Trey Lance. But if I'm really being honest, I don't think I want any part of anybody on this roster. And that's just me being honest. I love Debo. I love Debo. But Fox, you made a great point uh, several weeks ago when they were talking about his contract, what he wanted to do. He wants to run the ball less, right? You know what I mean? He doesn't want to be that anchor that much anymore because honestly, like who would? I mean, he's taking twice as many hits as most wide receivers are and the man wants to get paid at the same time. So, and D, we do know Debo's on record of wanting out unless, you know, they're going to give him that massive contract. So that's always in. So for me personally, I like Trey Lance on this team, but ultimately I don't want any, any part of anybody on this roster. And that's including George Kittle. Yeah. We're kind of in the same boat there based on the ADP. I don't think there's a lot of value anywhere. If I was taking somebody, I'd probably just roll to Mitchell because he's going, I think right now at RB 23, which is probably in about the right range. I'm the same with you about Trey Lance. Um, what scares me the most, you know, that QB 15, here are some of the players that are being drafted behind him. Tua, uh, Tagovailoa, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Matt Ryan, Mac Jones, Jameis Winston, uh, your personal favorite, Ryan Tannehill, uh, and Carson Wentz. There are uh, several of those guys that I feel much more trusting. I think when you're taking Trey Lance, you have to pay up for him, and it's the ultimate boom bust. I'm still not, until Jimmy G is actually released or traded, I'm not convinced that Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't start a handful of games for the Rams, I actually, or for the 49ers. I actually think they're going to end up in some kind of weird split season scenario, and, uh, you know, off 
fast forward to where we're getting records. I have them at eight and nine. I think they missed the playoffs. They they were only a 10 and 17 last year. So before anybody freaks out, that's not a massive step back. That's, you know, misfiring on a couple more games, which to be honest, could have happened last year too. I I don't, you know, I think there's going to be some growing pains. We're going to get an idea. Um, you know, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have staked a lot of the team's future and their reputations on him. So I know that, they have they feel pressure to have to put him out there, but I'm I'm not sold. He was the one that I was the most leery of of, of the big five coming out of the draft. I still am. Yeah, I again I don't ask me. Don't ask me why I can't quit the guy that I didn't even like coming out of college. Like I don't understand it. Because in my head, I still believe he's the best quarterback for Shanahan's system. It's just we've never really seen that system to full potential yet. So it's like, and there's a lot of issues in Lance's game. He has one hell of a gun, and he has some good accuracy, but he is errant as hell sometimes too. So transitioning to another team that I still don't know what to do with in my head, I don't I don't think I do, and that's the Arizona Cardinals. Um, my own is easy. I still think it's Zach Ertz. I think he's around the ADP of like nine right now, nine or ten. And to me, I think that I think Zach Ertz is going to be a top five tight end this year. I'm all in on Ertz. I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to have a massive, massive first six weeks of the season without Hopkins. Um, I think he benefits um, more than Hollywood Brown, um, which I'll just go ahead and throw it out there. Hollywood Brown's my avoid for the year. Um, I've I've not been a big fan of Hollywood Brown. I've never really been. I think he's a very good receiver, Um, but even if you look at the grand scheme of things, I'm just not a, a Hollywood Brown guy. I'm not, it's, it's, he's being taken as a fringe. What is it? 23rd, 24th receiver off the board. And I'm sorry to me, he's not, you know, PBR to get 22. I, I don't see it. I don't, I don't see him as a, as a, as a wide receiver. I mean, 22, you're talking about wide receiver one ish. If you're looking at the grand scheme of wide receiver two range, depending on how many start there, but Ertz must own. I think he's going to be a top five tight end this year. I have a muzzle lock there. Brown, I don't want any part of just because I don't think the value for me is necessarily there. And Fox is making faces at me, so he's probably going to say I'm wrong. No, I, for me, all the passing pieces, I think their ADPs about line up with with where I have them. Um, you know, Hollywood Brown going you know low end wide receiver too i think ultimately he ends up somewhere in the 20 to 26 range i think he'll actually be more of a value at the first part of the season than when deandre hopkins comes back hopkins going around wide receiver 31 that's about where i have him Ertz at tight end nine that's about where i have him i don't think he gets up into the top five um trey mcbride i think Going as tight end 27 feels a little ambitious, but you never know. I like James Connors going at RB17. I think that's pretty decent value. The one that's a value to me is Darrell Williams, who's going at RB53. I think uh, we've seen him contribute. Uh, he was RB20 for the Chiefs last year. Uh, Chase Edmonds was RB24, I think, uh, playing that complimentary role to uh, James Conner last year in Arizona, Darrell Williams. We've seen him make some fantastic passing plays. I think they're going to mix in two backs. Low end, 
running back two, high end running back three, I think is what you get out of him. Somebody who you can start as flex almost every week, and he's going way down there in value. The one that I think scares me the most in their value is actually Kyler Murray. His ADP is QB five. He was QB 10 last year. I would buy him in the QB 10 to 12 range. The guy has, we think of them as a traditionally high volume passing offense. However, Kyler Murray has yet to throw for 4,000 yards in any season as a pro. And he has three seasons now, and those are all seasons with Kingsbury in this system. If he took a step forward this year, he could get to 4,200 yards as a passer. That is not an incredible amount given the current pass happy climate. And we saw even starting last year, they don't want Murray to run. He doesn't have the frame for it. That's why they have a James Conner to absorb all those goal line battering carries. That's why they went and got Darrell Williams. That's why they have these short passing options. I would need to see Kyler Murray take a huge step forward as a passer before I believe he's finishing top five. Yeah, I agree. I He's such a he's such a weird position like uh I, yeah i i don't even sorry i just saw that james con passed away uh sorry i was, was just caught me off guard for a second um but uh yeah yeah Kyler murray's another one I, I i keep on i always forget to look at the quarterbacks when it comes to stuff like this because there's certain ones that i i, I like but i've i'm never one for i've never been one to draft Kyler murray I, I don't think i've ever i don't think i've ever had him on any of my fantasy rosters whether it's redraft or not it, it, i don't think i ever had um but with that being said now we're going to get into the nitty gritty this is what i'm going to tell you about earlier i want to say i ran this aggregate a few times there's several teams in this division that i'm still confused on where i think they're going to finish one team I, in particular, I had 11, 7, 9, 9. That was how many wins I had them throughout this entire process and was very confused by. One consistent, and I think we can both agree on, is that the LA Rams are going to win this division, right, Fox? Yeah, I have the Rams going 12 and 5. I think they win. Yeah, I have the – it's weird. I had – my first pass, I had the Rams at 15 wins, which sounded way too high. Second pass, I had him at 14, which I felt okay. And then the second, the third and fourth, I had him at 13. So I have him averaging about 13 wins, which is at 12, 13 range, which I think is very possible. I think they easily are the number one seed in the NFC West or NFC completely altogether. Um, With that being said, I am interested to see, do you have Arizona in second? Um, You know what? I have Arizona and San Francisco both at eight and nine. I, you know, I think... Both teams hit some stumbling blocks. I'm still not sold on uh, Arizona. Yeah, I had Arizona at nine and eight, and I have San Francisco at eight and nine. So it's like, yeah, yeah. so we're we're about in the same boat. Yeah. Um, so and that's then I had Seattle at six and eleven. So I <laughs> I went with Seattle. I tried my best to make this record better, but I couldn't. I have them around four wins i think four and 13 i think was it was it? no four yeah. and four and 13 yeah that's right four and 13 that's where i had them i i don't know i i feel like i was trying to figure out which was going to be like the worst team and like between them and chicago and and uh who else? the giants i feel like and strangely enough the saints I, for some reason i kept having the saints as a, as a bottom tier team to me it speaks to the testament of how good the nfc is because these teams play each other, right? You know what I mean? These yeah. divisions play each other. So it's like a lot of these teams, I was like, well, I really, 
well, this could be a game that this team might lose. You know what I mean? And, and I teeter totter with it. There's, I don't think there's very many teams that I went through and had the same amount of wins all four times. I think, well, it looks like new England's won their anomaly. Apparently they had the same amount of wins every single time I ran the aggregate, but most of the teams um, had some fluctuation at some point of the four times I ran ran it but i would say that they're they're one of the teams that i struggle with the most because i'm like they're gonna be more than four wins and it's like but are they really with geno smith and drew lock it's it's kind of hard to tell they're over under win total is 5.5 so i had to slide over you of them under i think it certainly could be under most of the nfc um West, you probably would have under people are very ambitious about them. Rams at 10 and a half, I think, is an easy over. 49ers at 10 is an easy under. Eight and a half for the Cardinals is almost a push for me because I feel like they're that they're an eight or a nine win team. It's like they nailed that one dead on. Yeah, Arizona and San Francisco. I even San Francisco still like that 10 number still kind of worries me because for some reason I do think they're going to be under it. I do. That was the one team I struggled with in this division the most. The first time I ran it, I had them at 10 and seven. I was like, there's no way they're going to be 10 and seven. I don't believe this. I've been talking off season with all off season with Matthew Fox about how this team is not going to be a playoff team. And somehow I have 10 wins, but then they went from 10, seven, seven, eight is what I had. 10, seven, seven, eight is what I had them. But yeah. uh, I'm definitely intrigued by that team because it's, I don't know, just weird that that division outside of the Rams um is going to be interesting as a collective whole i'm pretty excited so was that rams we're about we're about the same across the board here except for the win total for the seahawks but we haven't finished in the same spot um if you could do you think so arizona's one team i think do you think anybody outside the rams could be in the playoffs i think because of how weak the nfc is i think that cardinals could slide in as the seven seed possibility right yeah, I go back and forth about it's Arizona and San Francisco. One of the two of them can get to nine or ten wins and get in. I'm not confident either does. I know, it's so bad. It's like There's like a huge soft middle group. You know, that's I would put them in with that range with New Orleans, Detroit, Um Minnesota, I think Minnesota ends up actually getting in, but you know, I, I put them in that kind of floating group where it just really depends on how things break for them. The ones I'm confident about, you know, Washington is in that group. You know, the ones I'm confident about are Tampa Bay, the Rams. I think the Packers will find a way into the playoffs. I think the Cowboys are into the playoffs, and I actually think the Eagles yeah. are good enough that they're I think Minnesota is my six right now. I think Minnesota is a strong six for me. I have, and I know we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, yeah, but, but you know, I I have I have Minnesota as a strong six, and, well, and so Minnesota and Washington are actually the last time I did this are the teams that I had pulling in with mm-hmm. you know Saints, Cardinals, 49ers, Detroit out, but I've done where you know where you see a path for Detroit to nine wins and in where you see a path for Arizona to nine wins and in, path to nine wins. I think, you know, eight to ten wins is probably good enough in the NFC. Oh, I think in nine and AFC, I think, yeah. It's probably ten wins is your floor. Yeah. I was yeah, when I noticed that I I I had a couple teams. Nine and eight, I think, is gonna is a play is a potential 
or no, I think nine and eight is going to be a seven seed, hundred percent NFC. I think nine and eight wins mm-hmm. that, and I think you're you're looking at probably that's week seventeen and eighteen. I think you're looking at probably three or four teams that are battling for that last those last two spots is what I'm looking at. I just I think Minnesota. When I looked at their schedule, I had them a little bit higher than what I kind of anticipated. I thought in my head, but. Again, running it between now and then, and between now and when we do talk about the NFC North will be interesting in case anything does happen. One thing I will say and prefix and say, and by saying this as well, is throughout the offseason, throughout the next couple of weeks, we are going to have a basically a rehash episode with Fox and I, and, and where, where our final head's at once you go through the month of July and training camp and injuries and preseason and all these things. So when we record these episodes, we're going to run these with the prefix of we're going to rehash these when we do the one big final prediction show for the AFC and the NFC um, in case our minds change based on some things that we've seen throughout the offseason or any big moves or additions to the teams. Um, this weekend, movie-wise, Fox, we've got uh, Thor coming out. Are you When are you seeing Thor? Uh, Friday night. Friday night. I have seen it. I liked it. Um yeah, that's all I really can say about Thor. I liked it. If you liked Ragnarok, I personally believe you will like this one. The reviews have been all over the place for it, but yeah. um, I like it. Blackbird drops. Um, if you're listening to this on Friday, the first episode's already ar- uh, arrived for you, um, but Blackbird's on Apple TV+. Plus. One of my, I'd say it's probably in my top three or four shows of the year. I, th- I've really, I, re- I saw the entire season, really dig it. I've got a review up over on the YouTube channel if you want to check that out. Um, I watched a funny, hilarious show. Um, it's called How to Build a Sex Room. Um, it's coming over on Netflix. Um, if you've watched any of the home makeover shows, then you know exactly what this is about because this lady's building a sex room. The The main lady that is the host of it is hilarious. It's not for everybody. It won't be for everybody, and that's okay, but I just found it kind of hilarious to watch. So, um also learned a lot about shit I didn't know about, but we'll move on from that subject. Fox, did you watch anything good this week? Yeah, and so big shout out. This is the uh, season finale week for Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Really enjoying uh, season one. I liked the penultimate episode, episode nine, which had um, a storyline that and some setup that looked a lot like the movie Alien, if you've seen that. I, I thought it was something different. I know what everybody didn't like it, but I've enjoyed it. Um, I think that that's it's pretty firm to me that it's going to end up in my top 10 shows of the year. I really enjoyed that. And I also finished yeah, uh, Umbrella yeah, that's, Academy. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> Season three day, of Umbrella. I will probably not watch it, but I'm excited for you. Um, yeah, is that is that? I think that's it for the show this week, right? That's it for the show this week. I think we checked Indeed. all the boxes. Um, remember, next week we will be tackling the tackling. I can't talk right now. Tackling the AFC West. So make sure to tune in for that. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.